Wake up, NHL fans. It is Thursday, and we have a loaded show for you today. Alongside Kobe Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus. This is Morning Cup of Hockey. We're going to talk about the Florida Panthers' nine-game road winning streak. Sean Couturier being named the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. Phil Kessel possibly joining the Vancouver Canucks. Then we're going to get into the stadium series and tonight's loaded NHL schedule. But before we do any of that, Colby... How's your morning going? I'm fucking buzzing this morning. I feel great. I'm in a great mood and you're definitely going to ruin it over the next 45 minutes. Well, you definitely annoyed Vic and I in the pre-production meeting this morning, but it all was came to a head when my 11 month old dunked on you um, about 10 it's in minutes the ago. Blood. <clears throat> we could just tell that uh, it's, it must be in the Cohen DNA to, to give you shit because when you asked her if she wanted to have a joint birthday party and she just, <laughs> gave you one of these to shook her head. No, no is a new thing for her. She, she loves shaking her head. No to things. Um, and Johnny said, why don't we have a combined birthday party? Cause their birthdays are a day apart. And she just quickly, <laughs> I mean, An 11 decis- old baby. <laughs> decisively and quickly shut him down. And I mean, that just, I mean, honestly, it, it, it almost brought a tear to my eyes. So yeah. not, not as, many tears as, as the Pittsburgh Penguins are probably feeling today after that absolute ass beating um, by the Florida Panthers last night. Did you watch that game? I watched the entire thing. I watched the, uh, the Chicklets uh, alt cast and I actually see Jeremiah Maxwell's in the chat. I saw his name pop up a couple different times on the, uh, on the alt cast last night. It was uh, it was pretty cool. It was different for sure. And the game, the game was just brutal though. That second yeah. period, Florida dominated um, you know, Pittsburgh, just their power play issues are insane. Uh, they, they really are struggling oh, They're Like, but how is it? Have you with I mean, that lineup? I, I want to know this. And like, I don't know the answer to this question. So, you know, Jeremiah seems to be have, have his finger on the pulse of hockey history. And I'm sure there's some other people in the chat. I would love to, to, to propose this question to anybody listening right now. So you can either reply on Twitter under the stream or in the chat. Can anybody think of an NHL team that had this much talent and this many superstars to put on a power play that a power play was this bad for this long? I mean, like, cause we're not talking about a power play like Chicago that, that is just lacking superstars, Crosby, Malkin, Carlson, Latang. And I know Carlson seems like he's got pulled off that first unit. And then Jake Gensel. Um, I mean, uh, that that should be the best power play in the entire NHL with that level of talent. But they just are, I mean, not only is the power play bad in Pittsburgh, it murders the momentum that they yeah. get going into power plays. Like not even kidding. We're at a point with this Pittsburgh power play. And I know teams always joke about this, um, but they need to start turning penal- pe- power plays down. Like they need to say, no, no, we don't want the power play. This is killing me. They were talking about that last night on the all cast too. And and not only was their power play not scoring, but they were also allowing shorthanded opportunities. Like I think Kachuk had a shorthanded breakaway. They had a shorthanded two on one. Like it was, it was pathetic. Listen, they don't get in the zone. Like with that level of talent, why not just, just run the delay, drop the puck to Latang or Carlson or Crosby or Malkin or Gensel all five and just have one guy weave their way in. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how bad that power play is, but you know, 
you got to give credit to how good the Florida Panthers are playing right now. I have not been a believer that, that I thought they would be a Stanley cup team this year. I really haven't. I've just been sort of like, yeah, they're really good, but like, I need to see more and I need to see more. And like, I know they played Pittsburgh last night, but man, this team is, is, is incredible. And they're led by, you know, probably one of the best captains in the NHL. Um, well, actually, I guess Matthew Kachuk's the assistant captain, right? Because Barkoff is the actual C. But I, I just think that the spirit behind Matthew Kachuk and the way that he drags his team in and out of games and and everything that he does, um, you know, this this Florida Panthers team, they 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 look like they're going to find themselves back in the Stanley Cup finals this year. They really do. And the way they're playing right now, I, I just don't see a team that's better than them. I mean, literally as a Ranger fan, the only team that scares me in the Eastern Conference is Florida. I, I think the East right now, it's it, it runs through Florida. I, I think there's no way to deny it. And you look at, you know, when their nine-game road streak winning or nine-game winning streak started on the road, it started on December 27th. And since that date, the Panthers are tied with the Oilers for most points in the NHL. Matthew Kachuk is leading the NHL in points. He's got 35 points in his last 20 games. He's got 11 even strength goals in 20 games. That's insane. 11 yeah. five on five goals in 20 games. Like, well, you know, what? You just look how they're built. I mean, I'm looking at daily face. I've been saying it for weeks, dude. They I'm have looking the at daily mix face of grit website and skill. at their, their, their lines and their D pairings. And, you know, you've got Forsling and Ekblad on one pair. And then you've got Mikula, who's this big sort of shutdown defender uh, with Montour, who's a stud. And then you have OEL on that third pair, a guy that we all thought his career was kind of over. He's reignited himself playing some of the best hockey we've seen out of him in five or six years playing with Kulikov. I mean, that is a decor that can win a Stanley Cup. Um, if I was going to pick on them, Johnny, and I was going to say one area that I'd like them to improve upon. I would probably pick on their third line with, with loose terrain in uh, Lundell and, and Evan Rodriguez. I like Rodriguez, but I think they could have a little more depth on that third line. I think they could have a little more sandpaper on that third line. I didn't like the way, or I haven't liked the way over the last couple of years that loose terrain in played uh, in the playoffs and, and just having seen him a decent amount over the last couple of years, he, he's like a little bit soft to me. Um, I think that fourth line was Stenlin and and Lomberg and and Gadovich, like they play heavy. They they play with with some sandpaper, but I think I'd like to see them, you know, maybe bolster their offense a little bit, get a little bit of depth, maybe, you know, for that third line so they have options in their bottom six. But I'm just being picky, right? Yeah. I mean, th- this team is is built uh really, really well. And, you know, look, they're they're getting goaltending. Um They've got Bobrovsky and Stolarz has been a, has been a good backup. Um, I was actually on the ice with Stolarz a couple of weeks ago. He was back in Jersey um, skating with the Titans during all-star break. I mean, you love having a goaltender as big as Anthony Stolarz as your backup. He's very capable. And then Spencer Knight is in the American League who who dealt with, you know, some some uh, mental health stuff last year. And um you know, he, he, he's a a viable option, you know? So they've got depth at the goaltending position as well. I I mean, again, I'm being picky, but, but I'm sure Zito's not going to sit on his hands. He's not a guy that generally does. Um, but 
they're, they've got it going right now. And Paul Maurice, I mean, look, I think you give him a lot of credit for how heavy this team is playing. Cause I think that's a lot of that is mindset. Um, you know, managing the puck and and playing heavy, you know, they they look to me like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights looked last year. They they really do. Also, Florida's become a destination I feel like that players want to go to. Like, yeah, they do. Did, Matt, did Matthew Kachuk bring that though, or is that somewhat there a little bit before? No, I think that was just, that was starting before him. It was starting uh, before him. Because look, again, players are getting smarter. There's no state income tax. It's yeah. warm weather. It's nice weather year round. I mean, you know, your body feels a lot better when you spend a lot of time in the sun and you come out of practice and it's not cloudy and 12 degrees outside driving golf carts to the rink. Like I all mean, these guys showing and up. They and just got a new sandals. practice facility. You know, Vinny yeah. Viola continues to invest in the team. Look, I still don't think it's it's great when they're in the Stanley Cup final because it's it sinks TV ratings. Unfortunately, it was fun there, though. It I get fun. it. I'm I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't fun. And and you know, to go back to your All Star line, it's hot. There's the beach. There there's the ocean. Everybody was really horny, like you said at All Star. I'm <laughs> nope, sure the I'll Stanley Cup finals night, is, is probably the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So. It, it's 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 a great place. It's got a lot going on. And, you know, I think they're going to continue to be good now that this has become a thing. Um, and, and now that this state income tax has just become more and more to the forefront of how much more how much more money you're making. Um, I don't expect to see them drop off. I really don't. Me either. Did you see Matthew Kachuk's comment? I think after the game as well. Um, I think with TNT, he, he basically told his line mates the first 10 minutes of the game, pretend there's no puck out there and hit as many bodies as you can. Like, you know, they just play such a hard nosed game. Like they're, they're such a tough team to play against because you have to respect their skill, but they're also going to make you feel them every time you touch the puck. Right. I mean, you can speak for it as a defenseman. There's nothing worse than knowing you're going to get hit every time you touch the puck. That's like I said, they play heavy, you know, yeah. they, they're, they're not necessarily running you over, but every Every line plays physical and every line plays heavy. So um, they don't have any holes. Um, I, I, I never really trust Sergei Bobrovsky long-term. So I like that they do have other options. We saw Alex mm -hmm. Lyon play a, a decent um, amount of games, at least in the first round last year uh, for Florida. I know that Cinderella story ended. He helped them get in, but um, excuse me. Um, Wake your ass up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a shellacking. And, and on the yeah. other side last night, I don't know how you can't talk about Pittsburgh and the, and the problems that they're in right now, Johnny. I mean, this, this organization is, is in trouble. They're well, in trouble. I want to read this DM I got last night from one of our listeners of the show. His name is Sam. Uh, he, he messaged me this. I'll read it right now. Just one thought that I have is maybe a talking point for tomorrow's show. Are the 2023-24 Penguins really any different than this year's Caps team? Both teams have a ton of tied up. Both teams have a ton tied up with an old aging core, which isn't performing the way it once did. And both teams are just trying to hang on to any, any glimpse of some old glory days in the 2010s. It's not working for either team and dark days are ahead. The NHL media has seemingly written off the Capitals, including me, this year, reasonably so. And for next few years, yet the Penguins stink this year and things don't seem to be pointing towards a bright future. Yet the NHL media refuses to write them off this year. Tired of the pens glazing, as always, LFGR. So he is a Ranger fan, but you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, Colby, I, I, I have no faith in the Capitals. I, I think the Capitals have no chance to make the playoffs. And I haven't said the same thing about the Penguins. So, you know, that is 
I, I guess to my own discredit there. But the Penguins, I, I feel like they're interesting because aside from last night, they've still gotten good goaltending. Like I know Jari's record isn't great. I think he's 14, 16 and one now, but he's put up good numbers. Like last night, it, it may not have shown, but Pittsburgh's inconsistency to score goals, their horrendous power play, that's been what's hindering them this year. And again, with how Crosby has played this year, nobody wants to bet against Sid, right? Like y- y- he's a guy you can't really bet against, but at the same time, the team as a collective, you know, what it's, are they doing going forward here? It's, it's a problem. Uh, this team is so much closer to a full teardown rebuild than they are to winning another Stanley cup. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even 50, 50. They're 90% on their way to a rebuild. Um, you know, they've got major, major problems. Crosby's got one more year on his contract after this year. Um, I mean, look, Gensel, I think you have to trade him now. If you're going to get hurt last night, you see, I, that? I know I saw that, but yeah, if you're going to, we don't know anything about it. He was being evaluated for an upper body injury. So we'll, we'll find out more, but <clears throat> if, if, if you're going to keep riding with Crosby, Malkin, Carlson and Latang, and Carlson and Latang are locked up. They got they got a lot of years left on their contracts. Um Carlson at 10 million, although I don't think they're paying the whole freight. I think there's some money eaten by San Jose. Latang's at whatever 6 or 7. Um but I mean Crosby's got one more year. Smith has one more year. Eller has one more year. Malkin has two more years like you know, these guys are under contract. So if you're going to ride with this group, you need to trade Jake Ensel and, and bring hopefully a King's ransom back, find a team that's willing to um, uh, give them an extension so you can maximize your return. But look, I don't know what the direction of that franchise is in. They seem to be in a little bit of denial because when you hang on to guys too long, um, you, you run into these issues. The Blackhawks ran into it. They held on to those guys too long. Um, Pittsburgh is seeing that right now. My guess, Tampa Bay is going to feel that in the next couple of years. They absolutely will. Um, yeah, so the Vasilevsky difference there and with Kucherov playing as well as he is. Yeah, but listen, Vasilevsky's not 25 years old anymore. Oh, I mean, he'll but, eventually... But I think Tampa has more time than Pittsburgh for sure. Oh, I, I'm not saying... I, listen, Pittsburgh, the 911 is today. I yeah. just said Tampa Bay is a few years away from that, but mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Penguins just seem like a rudderless organization right now. Like I'm just not sure what the plan is. I don't know what Fenway sports group is okay with. I think Fenway sports group is a little bit in love with some of those older guys, the nostalgia of those older guys. Look, you buy the Pittsburgh Penguins, you, it, it comes with these legends. You don't want to necessarily blow that up, but um, I, I just don't, uh, I, I don't, foresee a way out for this team. I, I really don't. And and I I honestly I'm surprised Kyle Dubas took this job because this seems like a no-win situation that ends up with him fired. It really does. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean he basically has the same core four that he had in Toronto, only way older and way less productive. So and he, you know, it, 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 when you have all this money locked up, it just doesn't seem to balance rosters out and it just doesn't seem to work. Do you find it odd though, the comparison between the penguins and the capitals, how the capitals have kind of gotten, you know, written off and the penguins haven't like, as far as the question goes, like 
what do you think about the two teams comparison wise? Because, you know, just looking at some stats here, the Pittsburgh Penguins are still like at a plus 10 goal differential. The Capitals are at a minus 37, which is like one of the worst in the entire league. The Penguins power play is the third worst. The Capitals are like the seventh worst. I mean, the comparisons are somewhat there, but Washington this year, they've also had some injuries and stuff. Ovechkin, you know, wasn't really playing his best and now he's gotten hot as well. He couldn't score because they stopped making his damn stick, which I think is the most insane thing of all time. And now do you think because of Crosby? Yeah. Yeah, Is that why I think hundred percent. And here's the other thing too. You got to remember something. Washington's got a rookie head coach with Spencer Carberry. Who I love and who the players love talking to Trevor Van Riemsdyk a little bit about this. They love this guy. I had a little stint with him. Um, I played two games for, for carbs um, uh, coming off of an injury. When I was in the American league, I did a little conditioning stint with him and I know why guys love him. It took me an hour to figure that out. So, um, you know, I, I think having Mike Sullivan there probably is something people weigh so the comparisons are probably fair, but the reasons yeah. people are so have just completely written off the caps and not the penguins. I think those are probably fair too, but to mm-hmm. me, they're like almost the same teams. Like they really are. I mean, listen, Pittsburgh's in seventh place in the Metro. I mean, they're not it, it, like they need to start selling anything that has value because they clearly need to retool because the support pieces that were brought in around them aren't working and look at a guy like Riley Smith. He was good in the playoffs last year. I got to think a contender, maybe the Florida Panthers who he already played for once yeah. in his career would be sniffing around on a guy like Riley Smith. Imagine you put him on that third line. I mean, that, that is a difference maker on your third line. I actually saw Vegas is going to try to go back and get him again. Uh, Cause they got rid of him last year. Um, which would be a good addition for Vegas as well. Right? Like we saw him do really well for them in the playoffs last year. He was one of those original misfits. Um, I can see him going back there. I'm sure he still has a house there. Uh, you know, obviously it's a good fit for him, but again, like, you know, just to kind of wrap up this conversation or bring it up, bring it together. Um, you know, you look at the Capitals and Penguins right now, the Capitals have 54 points with 52 games played. Penguins have 53 points with 50 games played. So Pittsburgh has two games in hand, but both teams are about six points out of the second wild card spot. You don't think either team makes the playoffs, right? Cause no. I don't No, yeah, I've said, I, I mean, I've never thought that I haven't thought that for, for two or three months. Um, I thought before the season, the Penguins would make a run and make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I, I think three months is before that. the seasons. What? No, I'm saying, three, I'm saying before the season, I, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm saying before the season, I picked the Penguins to make the playoffs. Well, I mean, like we see on social media every night when you bet you're the worst better on the internet. So it's just kind of your thing to be wrong. I've been, I've been decent this week. I had the Florida Panthers What's, money line last night. Oh, you picked Florida over Pittsburgh. Way to go, man. Chalked. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, you know, just to, you know, wrap this one up, I, I don't think the Capitals or Penguins make the playoffs. I think they should both sell the deadline. Um, Listen, they're both going to do, do the Mexican same thing. Crosby, they're, I don't know. They're going to ride off into the sunset with their superstars. They're going to wheel Ovechkin out there until he gets those goals, which he's definitely breaking that record until Austin Matthews eventually breaks that record. But, um, you know, it, it's 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 an ugly bottom right now in the Metro yeah. and a team in the Metro that was in the news yesterday, positively a team that's played well, a team that you love to shit on um, the Philadelphia Flyers. And they made news yesterday and they, they named Sean Couturier, the 20th captain uh, in Flyers history. And 
I, look, as somebody who, who's lived here, you know, mo- well, not, not most of my life. I've probably lived in other places as much as I've lived here in my life, but grew up around this team, you know, in the city, worked for the team for a couple of years on TV. Um, I know the people involved. This to me was a slam dunk of a decision naming Couturier the captain. And and there were some fans who who replied to um, my tweet uh, about thinking that Konechny should have been named the captain. And to be honest with you, like, if you think that uh, you're, you're missing something here because, because while Konechny might be, you know, a, a, a one of the leaders and a guy who drags the team into games, maybe like Matthew Kachuk at times, but you know, obviously not quite that good, but Sean Couturier has, has basically been the captain of this team for a long time. And the reason that he wasn't named captain right away was because I think they needed to see him come back and still be a good player. This is a guy who made the NHL at 18 years old. He's played a shitload of games. He plays the game hard and heavy. Okay. He, he, he really reminds me of Patrice Bergeron. I'd say he, he's kind of been one of the closest things to Bergie over the last number of years when healthy. And I think now that they've seen him perform and be healthy, I think Danny Briere felt comfortable that he could be the captain for, for a chunk of time. I mean, he's got like six years left on his contract. Um, Remember something, Johnny, and maybe you do or don't remember this, but Briere and Couturier were teammates and very good friends. Okay. And I, and I know that for fact, um, they, they had a great relationship as teammates. Their relationship continued um, when Danny retired and was still around the team working in various roles. Um, and so there's a level of comfortability there that a lot of GMs probably don't have. And I think they wanted John Tortorella to kind of see that for himself. I think they recently had um, a, 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 an incident where Torts got in Couturier's ear uh, on the bench about something. And then Couturier turned around and had the GWG and like fist pumped in Torts face. And I think Torts loves that kind of shit. So this just made sense, honestly. And, and I know the flyers and Torts said he probably wouldn't name a captain this year, but look, people change their mind. And when you know, something's right and they clearly know this is right. I could have told them that this was right a while ago, but again, I think they just wanted to make sure that he was still going to be able to play hockey at a high level coming off the injuries that he's had before they went and made this decision. So um, I, I think this was a great move. And and again, I, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because even though he wasn't wearing the C, he still was the de facto captain in the locker room. So mm-hmm. um, congrats to him. Um, but ultimately, it just shows you that the Flyers are you know, they're, they're, they're looking to make the playoffs. Like they're just going to go with it this year, even though it's probably fucking them up long-term. And yes, I do remember Sean Couturier and Danny Bier playing together. I'm not that young, but um, I do want to say Couturier also, like you mentioned before, his contract is up through 28, 29 and Travis Konechny's contract is he's a UFA in 25, 26. He only has one more season under contract. So um Kind of a no-brainer when you look at it that way for the Flyers. But again, Couturier has been there for over a decade. Like, you know, he he is a flyer to his core. I'm not saying Konechny isn't. But I remember watching those, like, early Penguins-Flyers playoff series, and Couturier was always in the mix. I remember first seeing him in the World Junior. He was Canada's, like, go-to guy. He was the guy that was marketed everywhere for Team Canada in those World Juniors. I mean, he, he's been a flyer. Like, you know, he had that Bobby Clark smile, right? He was missing all of his front teeth. Like, Oh, he's you know, still... He's still- Puts him in and takes him out. I yeah. mean, it's still got that going on. 
he's just like an OG flyer, you know, like he's as honest of a player as you get the way he plays the game. I mean, he, he really is. And and you compare, you compared him to who, who'd you compare him to? He's like Patrice Bergeron. He, he, he's, he's not quite as good, but he look in all the years he was healthy. He would be Bergy, you know, maybe Ryan O'Reilly and, and Sean Couturier, you know, those Mm -hmm. types of players that can bring that level of hockey and that style of hockey. I guess you'd throw Kopitar in there as well. Um, but the other thing about Couturier is his offensive game over the years has really come around. You know, he, he's gotten very comfortable offensively. He's become a power play guy, not just a a second power play guy, a first power play guy. Um, so look, there, there's a lot to like there. So I I think it was the right move. I don't think it's something you can question. I think Travis Konechny should get us, should get an extension. I think under John Tortorella, Travis Konechny has just flourished this season seems like the kind of kid that rises to the challenge. And we know John Tortorella is a guy who likes to challenge players. Uh, that seemingly worked out really well for them. But, you know, you've got Lawton. You, you, you've you got Konechny. Look, I think there's a good chance Scott Lawton gets traded. So mm. I think you want to make sure you've got some other... To get him. You, oh, well, listen. Any contender should, should want Scott Lawton. Because yeah. what he brings on damn. the ice is awesome. What he brings off the ice is awesome. He's a galvanizer. He's a guy that everybody wants to hang out with. He was my, you know, one of my neighbors in Philly for a long time um, in, in our condo building. So I spent a good amount of time around him, especially during COVID when we, you know, no one could really see anybody. We were all kind of, you know, cause I think I was doing TV for them at the time. So, you know, we were all kind of in this bubble situation. Um, but he, he's he's a guy that every team, I think Edmonton would, would love to have him. The Rangers yeah. would love to have him. The Bruins would love to have him. I mean, who wouldn't love to have Scott Lawton at his cap number for what he brings? So uh, that'll be interesting to see how it how it shakes out. But I do think there is a reason for the timing of, of naming Couture the captain. I really do. Um, I think this, this kind of tells the locker room that like we're not you know, yeah, we might be in a rebuild. Yeah, we might sell off a few players, but we're we're still pushing. We're still pushing. So, well, it's been a couple of years too, right? Since Claude Drew, they haven't named one. So that's like what yeah. two years? Now? Two years? Yeah, a captain. Two deadlines. Yep. Yep. So it makes sense. Timing makes sense. He's you know locked up for five more years. So um, seems like the right decision all around. I, I would imagine Flyers fans don't have any complaints with that. But uh, let's talk about another decision and someone who might or might not be a fit for this organization. Videos surface of Phil Kessel on the ice yesterday with the Vancouver Canucks organization in a conditioning stint. And he didn't look very well conditioned, but again, you know, older guy, 36 years old, and it's not like he was always in the best shape, but found a way to get it done. But where do you think he fits on this Vancouver roster? If you even think he does, because I don't know yeah, if I, I see mean, it. Look, I, I, I just don't know with like the pace that they play at. If, if that's really a fit, um, I, I don't, I, I, I got to trust the fact that, um, you know, Rick Tockett knows what he's doing and maybe it's a, it's a locker room presence. I mean, clearly the guy's been around, you know, winning teams. Um, but he, he was playing last year and couldn't really get himself into the lineup with Vegas in the playoffs. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I think there's all this buzz around him. Um, and I'm sure he could bring something to your locker room on if you're signing him for, you know, league minimum after the 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 deadline and he's not really counting for much against your cap. You know, maybe maybe it's a two-way contract and and mm-hmm. 
Um, they throw him on waivers right right away and he clears so they can, you know, he doesn't hurt their ability to do things at the deadline. And then you call him up right after um, the trade deadline. So so it's kind of a, you know, it's it's there's there's no cap effect. I, I, you know, look, I don't know Phil personally. We, we missed each other at the national team. Um, you know, I played against him when he was a, a freshman in college and, and, you know, like I've crossed paths with him, but I just, I don't know him well. Um, I've only ever really heard, I've only ever heard the stories about the guy, yeah. but um, this video is just hilarious. I, dude, I feel so bad. I, that, that positioning, like when you're that tired or you're hunched over on the bench, you're, you just can't feel your legs. Like that is the worst feeling in the world. I don't miss that at all, man. I, I really don't. Sorry. I mean to cut you off, but that video is just, is too funny of him with his head buried in the bench. Like he's just gas. Well, listen, you can skate on your own all you want, but you really can't replicate like professional Never. hockey practice or games without doing it. Like you got to get on the ice. Guys are leaning on you guys are pushing your pace. People are, you know, it, it's a whole nother level. Um, so I have no idea how this is going to play out. Rick Tockett talked about it last night on TNT actually, and said he hasn't even talked to Phil. This yeah. has been Rutherford and um, his agent. I don't know if that's true or not. It's probably not even true, to be honest. I, I got to think Kessel and, and Tockett have at least exchanged a text message. I don't know. I, I just, I had a hard time believing that. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm on the fence on this one. Like I really am, which is not normal for me. I'm usually yeah. feeling one way or the other, but I just kind of wait and see how this thing plays out. I'm not sure how impactful this is going to really be. I mean, as a fan, like personally, I would love to see Kessel join the Canucks. Like I think, you know, having his personality mixed in with those guys and maybe, you know, seeing a guy like Quinn Hughes, um, you know, show a little bit more personality from having a guy like Kessel around. I think that'd be great as a fan. But if I'm thinking logistically where he fits in the lineup, like I don't know if I really see it. That's that's the only thing for me. It's and it's not like the Canucks power play needs that much help. I don't think he'd really fit in. He definitely would not fit in on the first unit. I mean, I don't even know if he'd get in on the second, but um, you know, I just don't know if he fills any holes that the Canucks have, which they don't really have many. But again, like when you talk about you know, maybe some like content stuff. I'm all for it. Cause I want to see Phil Kessel and Quinn Hughes kind of, you know, uh, mixing it up a little bit in the locker. And I, I mean, couldn't every, care less about that. Stupid. Yeah. Stuff. I know you don't give a shit about that, but every, uh, content. you know, every Vegas player I talk to, like they, they love Phil in that locker room. I mean, I was with Jack Eichel a bit, you know, during the playoffs last year and then at the media tour and he's done so many Phil Kessel impressions and He's hilarious with them. And it's just, you know, he's a guy that it seems like everyone loves to be around. And I'm sure he'd be great for the room in Vancouver. Um, again, like, could he even take on a role of just like, you know, being a healthy scratch and kind of helping them through the way of a playoff run? Like, maybe that's something where yeah, he does he want to do that, though? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how, he are could you just be, getting, you know, how are you ever getting in game shape if, God forbid, they did need you if you're just coming to be the, the healthy scratch locker room guy? Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm saying I'm I'm not sold on this whole thing. I know everybody's like talking about it and everybody's calling for it because people think it's funny because of Phil and his hot dogs and this and that. But <laughs> I just I'm not I'm not really in on this. I think you know there there's going to be better options out there. That's just my opinion. Yeah, one of the one of my favorite like uh, Phil Kessel like media moments. He sat down with Pierre Maguire after a game and Pierre was like, "How's your breath?" And Phil goes, "Not good, eh?" And Pierre was like, I meant your conditioning. And he was, he was laughing his ass off. It's such a good clip. If we could find that somewhere, but uh, yeah, that one's, that one's always one of my favorites. Um, shout out Pierre McGuire. But 
Uh, we do have a busy weekend coming up here in this area. We have the stadium series going on in MetLife. The Philadelphia Flyers take on the New Jersey Devils Saturday night at 8 p.m. with the Jonas Brothers concert somewhere in between. And then Sunday, the New York Islanders and New York Rangers face off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be a great weekend around MetLife Stadium. Steve Mayer, um, who's kind of in charge of all these events, you know, I think we you know Steve, right, personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve's one of the best. Um, this is like a record-setting outdoor um, I guess situation because it's two games in one location. So it's going to be a pretty wild audience both days, a lot of tailgating and whatnot. Um, it's going to be very exciting. I'm going to the game Sunday. I'm actually skating on the ice tonight. So I'm really excited to, to get a feel for it and see what it looks like in person. Um, With your selfie you know, stick. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get some videos and selfie. I'm not a selfie stick guy. Shut up. Also, also, you're full of shit because last time when I was at the Winter Classic, you're like, oh, Johnny, get some videos for us to post on, on the show. So screw you. Show me proof that I said that. You definitely did. I know our producer, Vic, will, will back me on this. He'll he never did. back you on anything. This is two on one at all times. You both makes more loyal to me. So tell me, tell me <laughs> what, what you're doing for, for Stadium Series. Uh, well, tonight's just like a skate with with some creators. It's it's nothing too crazy. Just kind of feeling the ice, you know, doing some videos and shit like that. But Sunday, I'm covering the game like I typically do for daily faceoff. I go to every Ranger home game. This is not technically a Ranger home game, but I'll go in the locker room, talk to some players, you know, try to get a story out of it and, um, you know, hopefully get some good quotes and whatnot and the whole experience. And, you know, obviously one guy that I'm most interested in talking to is Adam Fox, you know, grew up a huge Rangers fan. Proud, I think he went to one of the outdoor games. Um, he played in that outdoor game in the World Junior, uh, USA versus Canada up in Buffalo. But this is his first one in the NHL. And, you know, having it be, you know, somewhat on home turf in the Meadowlands, you know, where you grow up going to Jets games, Giants games, it's probably going to be a really cool experience for him. So, um, you know, I do want to talk to him, obviously. And then depending on who they start in goal, whether it's Jonathan Quick or Igor Shesterkin, we don't know yet. I imagine Quick is going to start tonight against Montreal. Um, just because Igor's played the last two. And, you know, if Quick gets a start on Sunday, it's a good story because he grew up a huge New York Giants fan. But if Igor gets the start, it's that Shesterkin versus Sorokin battle for the first time this year. So either way, that's a good story. A lot of different things you can do with it. Um, Let me ask you a what, question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Is there too many outdoor games? Um, I, I, I don't think so. Um, does it take away from like the experience, I guess, as a, as a fan overall, probably, but when you're there, like being at the event is, is so cool. Um, it know, is I, an I, event. I, it's more than just a game. It, it's yeah. become, yeah. cause I've called a number of winter classics for Westwood one and it's, be, it's an event. It's mm-hmm. the grounds around it. The, the pre parties, the post parties, the, the fan events, the player interaction. It's, it's more than just a game. It really yeah, is. So like this is a full weekend. Is the winter classic every year enough? Or do we need to have these other ancillary games? They talked about yesterday that Columbus and Detroit. Exactly. At Ohio state. Yeah. I think that's going to be sick. How many people are going to be at that game? A hundred thousand plus. That's going to be sick. Yeah. On a college campus too. And on the less like, here's what I would say. I would say there are too many outdoor games, but as long as they continue to sell out stadiums, the revenue that that generates is 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 great. It's growing the sport. People are curious. Maybe people who aren't diehard hockey fans are getting a chance to go if they couldn't go to the Winter Classic. 
I like the idea of this little double header situation at MetLife. Yeah. I think that that's cool. cool. Um, I think some of these stadium series games at time feel a little gimmicky. And I know they do weird stuff with the uniforms. They make them a little bit more goofy and big and bold. And they do weird stuff with the helmets and this and that for sight lines for the fans and all that, which again, those are for the fans. I don't mind all that, but I, I think we're probably doing too many of these outdoor games. Um, well, I really problem, do. I think, I, I think the problem is just that you see the same team as being recycled. Like, like yeah. let's give, let's give Florida and Tampa an outdoor game. Like I've been saying that now for like over a year. That's hard That's though. Like, it's doable, yeah, but, but it's hard. You there's, you, you can go to like, uh, who who did I um? I just think back Jackson. to no no. Uh, but here, here's the, the, issue. the outdoor here's, game in Gainesville. It's Northern Florida. Here's the issue that you run into. Mm-hmm. You know the weather, meaning the temperature, isn't always the big issue. A lot of times, the issue, as we think back to the game that was played at Lake Tahoe, is sun, sun and yeah. wind, and. You get to these really sunny climates and that that can be a problem. So what do you do? Okay, we'll have the game at seven or eight o'clock at night um, rather than one o'clock in the afternoon. That would probably be the way around it. But it is doable in warm weather. I mean, they did one in L.A. It was like 65 60 degrees. Degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. The technology is really good. Look, I have outdoor skating rinks. They're obviously recreational all around the area where I live in, in the greater you know Philadelphia and South Jersey area. Um, so I, I kind of have a little bit of a grasp of what it's like having those outdoor rinks a little bit, obviously it's mm-hmm. not the same scale, but it is doable in these warm weather climates. And look, maybe what you do is, is maybe you do like Tampa against Toronto. That's become a little bit of a rivalry. Those yeah, two teams have, point, have yeah. fought hard. So take those warm weather teams, send them to play against one of their cold weather, you know, rivals and, and include those teams that have become really, you know, teams that people want to see play. The big issue though, Johnny, at the end of the day is like small market teams don't rate well on TV. They don't have national fan bases. They have localized fan bases and, and listen, they get penalized for that. And it's why you don't see them in the game. It's why the Blackhawks, even though they're going to be bad again next year, are going to get an outdoor game against St. Louis, who could also be bad next year. They're going to play in the winter classic because it's just the market and it's, but I think, Florida is probably as marketable as they're ever going to be right now with the personalities they have in that team and with how good they are. Like I tweeted it, I think a couple months ago, it doesn't have to be in South Florida or in Tampa, like make it a game in Gainesville, Florida, where university of Florida Gators play like that stadium is so. Yeah. But you got to think about logistics. It's not the weather right now. It's like, it's 30s and 40s right now. Do they have the infrastructure and they probably do because they have a college football team. But one I of think the best college football reasons, stadiums in the country. I, yeah, but I think it's one of the reasons that they haven't done a game at Penn State yet. Just because I think the logistics of getting in and out of state college, yes, they have a small airport, but it's not that easy. It's not a super commercial place to get people to go. And it does look like we're having some breaking news right now. Um, uh, our, our producer is just giving us um, the idea that the news Frank that Yarmo, Yarmo yep. Kekalainen, oh, there we go. Is Frank tweeted tweet it? Okay, what? Why don't you read Frank's tweet? I just well, it just disappeared. Oh, here you go. The Columbus Blue Jackets on Twitter. Yarmo Kekalainen has been relieved as of his duties as general manager. John Davidson, along with the with the team's 
Hockey operations management team will assume general manager duties while the club goes through the process of hiring a replacement. So that's a little bit surprising to me um, because I would have thought John Davidson would have gone with Yarmo Kekalina and those guys are kind of a pair deal. Um, But wow, listen, we've been calling for that for a while. I wonder why now. Um, because it's been bad, worse, and ugly in Columbus. And we've said Columbus has a great fan base that has deserved better. I think they will definitely be celebrating this today, although you never want to celebrate people losing their jobs. This is just sports. It's how it goes. Um, But this was a long time coming, Johnny. They needed to to fire Yarmo Kekalainen. They they need a whole just culture shift in Columbus, right? The last like two, three years have been a complete dumpster fire. Since Torts and, left. Yeah. This is just a step in the right direction for them. Um, you know, they've I think, been bad since Sean Tortorella's left. Is that fair or unfair to say? No, that's completely fair. Completely fair. I mean, what have they done? I, I think maybe they they won a round in the bubble, right? I think. Uh, but since then, like what have they really done? Well, I, I actually they, don't even know if they won a round in the bubble. No, they didn't, but they they upset you know, you go back to when they upset Tampa before Tampa's run. They did beat Toronto in the bubble. You are right. Um, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, but they've been, a, it, listen, since Sean Tortorella's left, Yarmo Kekalainen's had a number of coaches. These guys don't usually get more than two coaches. He's had a bunch. He, the Mike Babcock thing, they should have fired Kekalainen right then and there. Yeah. I don't think they did because they didn't want to send everything into a spiral. But it's about time the ownership group in Columbus stepped up and made this decision. This guy's kind of run this place into the ground with what seems like no plan. Are you rebuilding? Are you not rebuilding? Are you managing your prospects? I think they've mismanaged all their good ones. They've seemed to piss a bunch of them off. They got very lucky by having Adam Fantilli fall to the third pick last year. Um, You know, Leo Carlson snuck into that number two spot. And maybe... That was well, the right decision or not. Well, but. Fantilli was very outspoken before the draft. He said, Fantilli straight up said, I want to play in Columbus. Like he wanted to be a Blue Jacket. Well, he, also, he wants to be also in that Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau signs in Columbus. Like these are two pretty big name players that want to be in Columbus. And you go out and you fucking suck and you become a joke. Like people have shit on Columbus for so long. And it's finally become a spot where players want to go to. And it turns into this kind of mess and you don't do anything about it until now. Like they need to turn things around there because they have that outdoor game now in 2025. Like this is a perfect opportunity for Columbus to get going in the right direction and become a team, which is a great sports city that can compete for a championship. I mean, people have talked about Columbus being the most underrated city in all of the NHL. I mean, I've heard a lot of former players say that. I know Brandon Dubinsky personally lives there now. He chose to retire in Columbus. And, you know, I, I think this is an organization. Cam Atkinson still, that's still his home yeah. base, Columbus. How they about have this? So much potential. Jan- January 29th, okay? We did an episode titled Yarmo's Gotta Go. That was the episode of our January 29th episode. All right. It, it was our most popular episode, I believe, that we've had um, as far as downloads and views and. Um, you know, all different types of things. And I remember the Columbus fans getting, you know, getting behind that episode and yeah. and thanking us for acknowledging how good of a fan base they are, but also in complete agreement with us that things needed to change. They really did. And here's the thing. 
I'm not going to criticize him for going out and getting Severson and getting Proveroff no, and, and getting no. Gaudreau. Like these were all good moves, but none of them worked. Here's the reality. None of them worked. And they've also and, been so unhealthy too, though. They've had so many injuries I'm, last year. They were like an AHL saying, team. You can make every excuse you want for them. I'm just saying when you go out and you it's swing and you swing that. and you swing. Okay. And you miss, you got to go. You don't get 25 lives with one team, you know, you might get 25 lives in the league. That's a whole nother conversation because that's how the NHL operates. But look, this, this, I don't know what took so long. This, in my opinion, they should have done this at the beginning of the year and they should have gotten someone in place and they could have started to, you know, make some, move some guys in, move some guys out. Now, you know, a new GM is going to have to come in. He's going to have to evaluate the contracts, see who's, who's salvageable, see who needs to go. Um, you know, you look at their lineup that that we have on the screen right now, you know, Jenner, you're not going to win with Jenner as your first line center. He's a good player, but he's not a first line center on a winning team. Um, you know, they've had issues with Cole Sillinger. We always have to kind of wonder about Cole Sillinger because if he if, you know, he messed things up with with Tate McRae, you've got to wonder about his hockey IQ. Um, no, I'm just Character kidding, fun. obviously. Character but uh, that's Johnny's girl. Um, you know, when he's, he, when he's not, when he's not hitting on the writers, he hits on Tate McRae. Um, I could list saying. them if you'd like, you want me to list them? Um, but you know, look, this, this lineup, it, it should be better than it is. I think their coaching is probably an issue. Uh, it's just, it's a mess in Columbus, man. This had to happen. Um, I think Adam Boquist needs to go. They need to find a new home for him. Um, I think that Proveroff Severson pair has got to play better. I think Zach Wierenski is a hell of a defenseman that most teams would love to have. So it, it's not like they don't have any good players. Um, they just can't seem to put it together. Yeah. A lot of it is a, a culture issue. I think, you know, because I, I feel like we've heard players too saying they don't, it's not that they don't, I think Frank said this actually, it's not, that they don't want to play in Columbus. They don't want to play for that management, right? They don't want to play for, the people in charge. Isn't that what Frank said that episode he came on on January 29th? I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't remember him saying that he might've, I just, yeah. I don't want to sit here and agree if I, I don't remember that. Yeah. That, okay. So that seems we won't like, confirm that he said that, but I think that's what he said. That seems, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea if he said that yeah. or not, but I don't either think way, he did, but either way, a step in the right direction for the Columbus blue jackets. And, you know, I think a team you want to see be successful because you know, that building is, it, it's fun. It's fun when they're good. That uh, the cannon that goes off every yeah. time you hear road players talk about it, how annoying it is, but how much. Yeah, I played a game there. I played an NHL it. game. I played an NHL game in Columbus. We won that game. One of the four three. Five. We won that. We won that game four or five to one. So we didn't have to hear that uh, that bell too, or that 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 cannon, cannon too often. Yeah. But everybody warns you when it happens because it's like a shock on the bench. So yeah, um, yeah. Wow, that's that's our first show like where we had breaking news. breaking news during the show. Usually it happens right after we get off the <laughs> yeah. ice. I mean, excuse me, right after we get <laughs> off the show. Um, speaking of the ice, 12 games tonight, Johnny, uh, mm -hmm. big night in the NHL. There's some, some, some good matchups. I know you'll probably put your, your betting picks out later today. So if you yep. do follow Johnny on Twitter, do the opposite of what he says. If you want to make money um, quickly, Cause I know you got to go. You're having some uh, personal issues over there. But, yeah, I uh, <laughs> any, any, any game. No. Um, any game that you're looking at on tonight's slate that you think, you know, is a bigger game than others. 
Um, I think one that stands out to me is New Jersey Devils versus the LA Kings. Uh, the Kings have been struggling a lot as of late. The Devils are That's starting an understatement. to climb. Well, the Devils are starting to to climb their way back here, and uh, you know, New Jersey's a team. If they're getting the saves, Nico Dawes has has stepped in. Well, why do you think they're going to get the saves? Why do I think they're going to get the saves? Why, why do you think Nico Dawes is going to start stopping the puck? No, he just played well the last couple of games. He started and he's doing well. He's finding a rhythm. And the Devils how many games him. in a row has he played well? Two, I believe. Okay, come on. All right, whatever. Like, the, the, just let just let me fucking be here. I well, got, I'm like, just asking you questions. You're making statements that are, you know, half-ass statements. I said I think they're going to get the saves against the Kings. They're the Kings are struggling. The Kings have sucked. So I think the Devils will go out and win tonight, and it's a game they have to win if they're going to keep climbing back into the standings. Okay. It's a very important game for New Jersey. And if they lose, I, I think this is actually a must-win game for the Devils. If the must Devils lose, win. Yes, must-win game. Against a team that's struggling like the LA Kings, they come into your home barn, and if you don't show up against a team that's been as bad as they are, then you're in trouble. Okay. You don't agree with that? I mean, I don't agree that it's a must-win. Um, but you know, I think when you're outside the playoffs in mid February, you got to win hockey games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I sounds I, like a must win to me. Yeah, it's, I'm not, no, a must win is, is, is different. All right. Um, for me, Johnny, I think Colorado Tampa is a big boy matchup tonight. I really yeah. do. I think we're going to get to test Tampa's depth a little bit. I think these are teams that have played really well lately. They've slipped a little. I think Vasilevsky is really looking like himself. I mean, that game against Boston a couple nights ago, the saves he made in overtime, he gets them to a shootout. They win the game um, because he was unbelievable in that overtime. I think if, if he's fully back at 100%, Tampa's going to win more nights than they don't with him in net. And right now they're in a playoff spot. So that, I think, will continue. Um, Are we so sleeping on Tampa Bay again to win the Stanley Cup? Are we sleeping on them again? No, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. But there's, you know what? Honestly, Philly Toronto is a good is going to be a good game. Is yeah, Toronto going to get that game. same effort um, that they got? You know, without all their big boys, they're going to get a couple of guys back. That um, you know, you, they're going to get a couple of guys back, and so it'll be really interesting if they play with that same level of hunger. And then, you know, Florida, the other thing that back I back too on the road. Looking for 10 but straight road wins. They, they don't need to win this game. Like I'm not, to me, that's not like a super interesting game. Here's a game that I don't think is interesting, but I'll tell you why I want to talk about Montreal, New York, and then we're going to end the show here after that. Um, yeah, I got to go talk to Lobby Lett. Unless you, uh, there you go. Um, I saw a <laughs> stat the other day and, and people, I don't watch Montreal very often. I'll be honest with you. It's just yeah. not a team that I I'm watching that often. I don't get a ton of viewings on them. So that's full transparency, right? Um, I've started to see people that I trust in hockey circles talk about how Slavkovsky is yeah. starting to really turn his game into an NHL player and a pro. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday, apparently through his first 92 games, he's got like exactly the same stat line as Jack Hughes. Um, and I think that that's really interesting because when you're 18 years old in the NHL, it's really hard unless you're Connor Bedard, right? Unless you're a freak. And there's very few freaks that ever come along. You know, Kako and Lafreniere are still trying to figure it out. Or Lafreniere is a first overall pick. But 
I think you're starting to see potentially Slavkovsky become, you know, a legitimate NHL top six forward. And when you see the trajectory and you see what Jack Hughes did now, I'm not saying he's ever going to be that good because Jack Hughes is, is an elite, elite, elite level player. But if you could get Slavkovsky to become a really good top six forward for you, you know, that that's, that's, that's a big plus. That's a cheap player who's under team control for a long time. He's big. And if he's scoring and he's, you know, uh, creating offense for a team that's on the upswing and, and a team that's probably going to be really good in a couple of years. I mean, that that's a big plus. So I'm going to have to watch a little more Montreal right now to get some viewings on Slavkovsky. Cause when I saw him, when I was with Chicago working down between the bench, I was really unimpressed. He looked scared, tentative, unsure. He just didn't look like a confident enough player to play in the NHL. So he's such um, a big body too, six foot three, 230 pounds. Like he, he should be playing a heavy game, you know, like he, he's got to find that kind of anger that we talk about, right? When you're that big and, and you don't play that hard, heavy game, like it, it can slow you down. So I think if Slavkovsky, you know, channels that inner anger, it'll just turn him into a much better player. But Montreal has a ton of young talent. You know, Cole Caulfield's one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Nick Suzuki, who's, you know, been a really good player, young captain in the NHL. Um, you know, Alex Newhook is pretty solid depth guy. Um, Josh Anderson, big, heavy player, you know, Listen, they, they're they, building. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon was a part of a rebuild in New York. That was pretty successful, but rushed. He got fired. Yeah. Never should have gotten fired. They should have kept him in place and let him see the rebuild through. Um, I think that was a mistake. Uh, I think they should have left everybody in place in New York because I think they were trending in the right direction, but they got horny and now they're, you know, who knows what's going to happen to them long-term. I don't think they're built for long-term success. They might be built for short-term success. Um, But here's a question I'm going to hit you with before we go. Pittsburgh, Chicago tonight. Okay. If Chicago wins this game, is, is Mike Sullivan in trouble? I mean, I'm curious. And and here's the thing. Here's what I would say. Two months ago, when I talked to people, very in the know, Fenway Sports Group loves Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Loves Mike Sullivan. They're Boston guys through and through. Mike Sullivan is, imp- is as impressive as a coach as it can get. But I just wonder, do you have to send a message to the fan base if, God forbid, you lose to Chicago tonight? I I, I don't think so. I, don't I think, think it's more Fenway, of a player issue than it is a coaching Fenway issue. Sports group style, but I'm just proposing the question to you because if you lose to Chicago tonight, and I know it's hypothetical, it's fucking DEFCON 50 at that point. I still think it's more of a player issue than it is a coaching issue. I agree. I think, I think it's unfair to fire Mike Sullivan when you have to. Yeah, but uh, Johnny, unfair. Unfair. No. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm There's saying. No such thing as fair, unfair, and professional. I know. I know. I'm not saying like boohoo. It's unfair. I'm saying, I think you have to put blame on the players. You look at the star studded roster and they can't go out and figure it out. I, I mean, I guess there, there is an argument to say it's on the coach, but at the end of the day, like they have to start building this organization in the right direction because, you know, we talk about two years from now, the penguins are going to be a disaster. And maybe that's when you bring in a new coach, when you do this rebuild in Pittsburgh, cause you have this core who, you know, maybe has two year left, two years left in their window. Um, and their window actually might be shut. We talked about it today. Like today's nine one one for the Penguins. So, yeah, I think the easy way out and the cop out is to fire Mike Sullivan. But I don't think that's going to solve any of the issues that the Pittsburgh Penguins are having. Okay, I don't think so either. But 
Yeah, you know, I don't yeah, think I, think I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, I see them on the schedule. I see how bad they're playing, and I just think yeah. you know Chicago and 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 San Jose seem to be coach killers. So yeah. All right, you got to get to morning skate so you can go yep. talk to your uh, go ask Pete La- Peter Laviolette some stupid question and and uh, you know feel all proud of yourself when he gives you a long winded <laughs> answer and he doesn't tell you to to I'm not answering your questions like Torts does to uh, the guy in Philly. Anthony I'm going to try to talk to Cole Caulfield too. I'm going to try to do a story uh, on him and and you know ask him if you can have one of his extra jocks or no. Nope, definitely not. I don't know if you caught wind though. He actually had a really cool meet and greet with like a big fan the other night and it, it we already really talked nice about this. On the show, yesterday. I don't think we did, but um, I think you're just hearing things, buddy. Uh, last thing I'll say: Ottawa Senators seven one and two in their last ten. They played the Ducks tonight, probably going to win, and they are climbing their way back into the standings. Three it's games in hand with most teams. Uh, but that's going to wrap up today's show. Want to make an Ottawa Senators bet before we go? I already have one. I'm gonna. I, I bet my life on them. Yeah, but th- that's a dumb bet. That right, obviously you bet? you're not going to pay bet? up on that. I don't know. You tell me. You're the ones who think you think they're going to make. Why the should you get odds? I should get odds. You should get nothing for stupidity. That's what you should get. (laughs) All right. Can we just end the show? End the show. Okay. Thank you guys for the whole week. Uh, Really fun week of shows. We'll be back at it on Monday at 9 a.m. after the stadium series, after a ton of NHL action going on tonight and throughout the entire weekend. So thanks to everyone that was involved in the chat. Thank you to our producer, Vic. Colby, have a great weekend. I'm going to miss talking to you. And uh, we'll see you guys Monday.